Welcome to the Becoming Iconic Podcast. I am your host, Jen Spiegel. I'm a lifestylist, serial entrepreneur, and a mom of four. It's really important to me that I talk about all areas of our lives on this podcast. I really believe when we look after all those values and pillars within our lives, that's when we really become unstoppable, joyful, and the highest version of ourselves. So welcome to a series called Love and Marriage. And I just want to start this series letting you know marriage to me means many things. It's simply relationship. It could even mean in this point, relationship with yourself. I hope you open yourself up to these conversations and that it really helps you identify areas you'd love to work on and grow and also areas where you can really celebrate how you're showing up in relationship. Thank you so much for being here. Sink in this love month with me and let's talk all things relationship. Hey, icons, welcome to today's podcast with a very, very beautiful guest. (laughs) Inside and out. Paige Michelle is here and she is a human design expert. And one of the reasons I brought her on for us to learn through is she has been really pivotal, I'd say, over the last two months. I I think I was introduced to you about two months ago through my coach, Allison Bird. Mm -hmm. And that really opened the gateway and the doors to understanding human design. And I have been exploring it and trying to educate myself as much as possible. And you show up consistently really empowering women, men too, but I would say women majority of the time to really step up in who they are and to own themselves fully. And I just want to thank you ahead of time. Just thank you for how you show up. I just feel like you're doing things in a different way and breaking some rules, which I kind of like. <laughs> I like it. And so I brought you on today because I'm fascinated with your perspectives on human design and relationship. Mm-hmm. And so I would love, you know, for the audience to get to know you because there is so much to you. So if you wouldn't mind, I'd just love to start with your story and let them know who Paige is. Yeah. I mean, I've been in business. I've been in the business world for almost eight years. I started this journey with a blog while I was a paralegal at a law firm. And prior to that, I was a waitress. Like I was just the quintessential, like talented, smart kid who was bored with school and the rules were silly to me. They didn't make any sense. Um, And I just felt more alive when I was with people and living my life as opposed to being told what to do with my life. So that didn't bode well for college. I failed out the first semester, got into a lot of legal trouble over the the, span of like three or four years. So really much, pretty much the only thing I could do was waitress. Um, So I was waitressing and then I just had like this holy moment where I was like, what are you doing with your life? What are you doing? Like you are smart. You are, you know what I mean? Like, what are you doing? Is this what we're going to do? Is this what we're going to (laughs) do? So um, I got fired from Applebee's. There's literally not a job that I have not gotten fired from other than my own company. And I just said out loud, I was like, I could be a paralegal. I wanted to be a lawyer when I was a kid, but I thought there were too many rules, all the tests and the hoops and all those things. So I decided to be a paralegal. And then the next day, somebody said they had a job opening for a paralegal. I told them I had no idea what I was doing, but I'm a really quick learn. Did that for two years and I helped her build that firm. She's got like multiple locations now, lots of people underneath her, but it was soul sucking because it was family law and it it was criminal. And I mean, people's lives depended on me getting paperwork done. And every time I answered the phone, it was a mom crying because she, you know, was dealing with dad, Mm. his kids being withheld from him. So I started blogging at night and that turned into social media marketing. And then that went from social media marketing to sales and sales funnels and paid advertising and helping people make more money. And really what I noticed is that people just didn't like 
they didn't know what they wanted. They didn't even know who they were. So they would make the money, then they'd be miserable. They wouldn't make the money, they'd be miserable. And I I was miserable working with miserable people. Mm So um, one day I went to a a mastermind and somebody asked me, what do you want the money for? And I said, freedom. And I realized I was very unfree. I had no time. I just had a baby and I was in a marriage and like that relationship was not going well because I was spending no time with him. And I just burned it all to the ground and was like, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to do it my way. And I'm going to do it focused on people and who people are. And then that same day, somebody introduced human design to me. Wow. Yeah. That exact, like that same trip. And I started diving in. I got really interested. And I just basically said, and I was greatest. I was great at marketing sales funnels and Facebook ads. I've just always had a knack for that. And so when people wanted to work with me, I told them the only way I would work with them is if I also did the personal development and this human design side of things like their funnel, their marketing had to be in alignment with who they are. Um, and it just blew up after that. And this was back in 2016. So nobody was really talking about human design. Um, so it's just been a lot of like educating for the last, you know, four, four years. Mm-hmm. Um, and so finally it's becoming more well-known and it makes my job easier. Yeah. And so, uh, because I've been living it for four years, I'm now starting to see, I mean, I've just been practicing it for a long. I'm starting to see how like practically applied it can be in every area of life, including relationships. Yeah. It's so fascinating to me. And it was the first time when we had a call together mm-hmm. where I felt opened up. I was quite, it felt really vulnerable in certain ways, but at the same time, I felt so understood and mm-hmm. it just made all the check boxes that weren't checked. Cause I didn't fully understand why is it that I want to do all these different things. And you really allowed me to have that permission slip to be able to do multiple things and be multi-passionate. As a matter of fact, that's your human design. And it felt like such a relief. What's a relief is finally somebody in your life telling you that you're not wrong or bad for the things that you naturally or want to do. And even if those things are not necessarily healthy for you, you know, I am trauma informed and trauma specialist as well. And, you know, on TikTok, I did this TikTok about you know, if you just, if you just snapped at the kids, you're feeling frustrated, da, 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 um, that's perfectly normal. That's a normal yeah. biological response. How many women messaged me that they're waiting for me to like attack them and tell them that they're wrong and like how relieving it was to them to be told that they're not wrong. And for me, that's what human design has always been for me. It's been a confirmation of who I am and who I always knew that I was, but also a confirmation of who I'm not definitions and the labels and the rules that people throw on you. Mm-hmm. So kind of like deciphering who I'm not, I get to, you know, really go all in on who I am. And then, and life just kind of works out. I remember that TikTok and it, it landed on a perfect day mm-hmm. <laughs> where I had been really snappy with my kids. And I did expect, you know, for you to kind of push that into a human design, like try this or do this next time. And at the end, it was literally like, you are completely normal and that is okay. It It still ties back into human design. The reason that I'm able to become, the reason I'm able to be so accurate in what I'm like saying and that ways that people are actually living this out in their life is because who I was speaking to are women that have open emotional centers who are in fight, flight, or, you know, fawn or freeze, right? They're in a trauma response. And that's actually how you behave when you're in a trauma response. So I was just speaking to their design, really. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I know you are divorced. I am as well. Yes. I was so inspired by the fact that you walked through that with such grace with each other. Would you walk us through that? If they didn't see it online, I'd love you to walk us through that experience if you don't mind. Oh yeah. My ex-husband and I, very different people, just very different people. And we kind of just fell into this relationship. We were both from a small town and you get drunk and you sleep together and then you just kind of stay together if you don't want to break up. You know what I mean? Like you're like, okay, well, we just, we're getting married. Cool. Now we're having a baby. Cool. And then like, 
I started my business and he started his business. We started to see that that was not an intentional relationship that we entered into and it was not healthy at all. And I think the reason that we're able to co-parent, so we divorced um, and it was a really like loving conversation that we had. We had separated when I was pregnant with Ruby and it got better. So I came home and I was pregnant and I was having a new baby, you know what I mean? And he was the father. So we worked on it. And then we just had a really deep conversation in August of, I think it was 2017 and it just wasn't working. You know, neither of us are really happy. And so we just decided to separate and we didn't even have like an intentional, like we're going to do this well, or we're going to do this right. We just have such a deep respect for each other. And beautiful. I'm very regulated because I work really, really hard to be regulated. So like having at least one person regulated and secure holding that anchor down and like regulated is going to regulate the other person typically. Um, and I wasn't trying to make him wrong Mm -hmm. or bad. Um, I just wanted to get, I just wanted to figure out who I was outside of that relationship, like honestly. And so we've just been had, we've, the kids are the priority. Yeah. So, I mean, I hold space for whoever he ends up with. And I think that he holds space for whoever, whoever I end up with. And we're constantly working our relationship and we have our, we have our days and our times, but we did a podcast interview. I'll have to repost it. It was my, on my old podcast, my new with him. Yeah. I heard about that podcast and I was trying to dig and find it and I couldn't yeah. find it. So I'll, yeah. probably, I'll probably repost it soon. Um, cause like I said, it was in the old podcast. So it was such a popular one. Um, but also just learning his design and learning my design and learning why I was attracted to him and why he was attracted to me, um, really made me easier just to understand him as a human and to humanize him and not make him this person who hurt me and put me through all this stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and he credits me for, I mean, he wouldn't have done all this work. He wouldn't have gone to therapy. He wouldn't have, you know, he wouldn't have a lot of the stuff that he has if I didn't exist. So, you know, there's just this mutual respect. Beautiful. What was it about your human design? What, what can we get specific with that? Yeah. So I have an open emotional center. And so that means I basically have an open source nervous system and I have, I do not have emotional permanence, meaning out of sight, out of mind, out of body, out of mind. Meaning like if my nervous system and my feelings were a cup, my physiology is meant to only be filled to like here at any given time, full of dopamine and all of these like really mm-hmm. joyful experiences, these highs and highs and these low lows. It's not meant and it can't hold those for long periods of time or rest of my body. I'm going to be constantly walking around in fight or flight. Well, when you have an open source system like that, and then you're around somebody early on in life. So my mom is defined. So literally in the womb, it's like somebody's pouring in water mm. or chemicals and I'm not built to hold it. And maybe if I were lucky enough to have somebody teach me how to express my emotions, how to regulate my body, but none of us really are because nobody has known how to do that. So all that keeps happening is it just keeps overflowing and overflowing and overflowing and overflowing. My body then becomes regulated to emotional highs and lows high levels of dopamine and low, low, low drops of dopamine and cortisol and all of the stresses and adrenaline and all of the cocktail stuff. So when somebody comes into my life who has all of that, they have all of the chemicals that I'm looking for that I, that I need, I think that I need, my body thinks it needs. And then they leave the room. I feel emotionally abandoned. I feel emotionally empty. I then feel anxious. And then I want to go out and create and find an experience of high or low. So Todd is that he's defined emotionally. So I just repeated a process that I've had since I was a baby is that my mom was emotionally unavailable for me because she was, she did not have space 
release from my emotions. She had her own emotions that she didn't know how to process. And I was absorbing them all of the time. And then I became too much because if I had feelings, it was overwhelming the feelings that she already had and she didn't have space for. So that's what I became accustomed to. And so then that's what I was seeking out from men were men that didn't have the emotional capacity for me or anybody really that put their emotions ahead of everybody else's because it was important to them. It's this, it's a part of them. Um, and so I made it about me. I would make it about like that. He didn't feel like he didn't understand my feelings. He didn't care about how I was feeling. Um, I didn't ever feel emotionally supported at all ever. I never felt safe, but that's okay. Because like, I was literally always on defense because my body was experiencing all of those chemicals and those highs and lows thinking it needs it, but also it's triggering my fight or flight because it's trauma. Like anytime our body is experiencing energy or an experience frequency currency that it's not built for it's trauma. It's traumatic. Oh, wow. Your body is like, no, 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 no. This is going to hurt us. This is wounding. But then our body is attracting it because we think that we need it. And so you're just constantly walking around and fight, flight, freeze, or fawn. And so my response was definitely with him, fawn. And then with my mom is fight. I'm avoidant as hell with her. Like, I don't like her touching me. She's trying to play with my hair when I was little. And it's not her. It was her feelings. I was like, get those away from me. You know what I mean? But I want them. So it just creates this thing. And then you start to see that like, it wasn't anything he did. He was just playing a role that I needed him to play. Mm. And I was playing a role that he needed me to play, which is just the reflection of his feelings, right? So he has all these big feelings and was never expressing them. And I was always constantly expressing them, like just, you know, and now that we're separated and he understands all this, he's like constantly feeling Jen. Oh, wow. Constantly texting me and telling me how he's feeling. (laughs) To the point where I'm like, I don't, I'm busy. (laughs) But it's like you gave him freedom through your experience. I just reflected back to him who he was. And that's what any place that we're open in our design, you're reflecting your environment back to it. And anytime that you're defined, your environment is a reflection of you. So I'm heavily defined other than my emotion center and my head. I'm all defined. So if I'm experiencing a world that I am not enjoying, it's me. (laughs) It's me. If I'm experiencing a ton of competition, like feelings of competition or people competing with me or just low frequency ego or like sickness, anything like that, I'm just like, oh, it's me. Um, So then I go back to my regulation because that open emotional center is creating all the frequency that is empowering all of the power within the body. Mm. Oh, gosh. The word power just keeps coming back to my mind. It's like this powerful existence because you fully understand yourself and how powerful for a woman to know when she's in a room or in a group of people and you feel these feelings to know, okay, it's not about them. And so we don't even point blame. It's just like, look in the mirror. What, why is this triggering what's happening within? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, when people reflect back to me, certain things, I know what frequency I'm in essentially, you know, and I've got a love hate relationship with it. Obviously I make people feel things. They feel a lot. You know, like it's a, you know, and if they can't handle it, they're not equipped. That's not a me thing. That's a them thing. And, you know, I've gotten to be okay with that. Like, I know what I do for people. I know I activate them. I know my power empowers them, but I also know that not everybody's ready for that. Right. So I have to like not make it about abandonment and rejection for me because, you know, getting all those emotional highs and then somebody walking away, it's, I become addicted to rejection and abandonment. So I can feel that high and that low. So I just have to constantly be reminding myself, like, they're not rejecting you. They're rejecting their own feelings, you know, because you're reflecting their feelings. Every man that I have ever felt like an intense passion for and a desire for has definitely been the one feeling it. I'm just mirroring that back to them and amplifying it. 
Ooh, okay. the, yeah, they don't have the words for it. They don't have the way to process it. It's scary. They've learned to mitigate, which is just avoid because that's what they've been taught as kids, how to handle feelings, especially men. And so again, I don't take it personally, but like if I'm feeling intensely desirous of a man or I'm like thinking about him a lot or obsessing or I feel passionate, uh, like that's how he's feeling about me, but he's mitigated it. Like, I just don't have my own feelings. There's just no way that that's all me. Wow. Okay. So tell me then, I'm really curious, could this affect like a codependent relationship? It's a hundred percent. It creates codependency. Yeah. Um, it creates codependency in a few different areas. It will all over really. Cause you're almost dependent upon that person for the energy, that emotion that you're seeking. But then there's the spleen that can create codependency too, because people that have a divine spleen carry this like healthy wellness energy, if they're healthy and well, and then people that have an open spleen are just seeking that out, you know? Mm. And so Todd had an open spleen too. And so at the end of the day, I have energy that people want to be in and around. It makes them feel good. Even when it makes them feel uncomfortable, um, it makes them feel both. Right. And so you can't get one without the other. So it's hard for them too. It creates attention for them because they want to be around me, but they also don't because it's extremely uncomfortable. So I attract a lot of men (laughs) who are avoidant. uh, And that's okay. I like my alone time. (laughs) It's okay. I, do I love it. I love my alone time. I've joked with a few like people in my life. I'm like, if I did live with somebody, I feel like we would just need like separate wings of the house and then just <laughs> together maybe like once a day. Who knows? Yeah. Just, yeah. Get together for a meal and some fun oh, and, like, and some other stuff. And then, you know, chat throughout the day, maybe, but I just don't need a ton. And again, like I told you, with, even with my mom, like too much is overwhelming for my nervous system. It's overstimulating. And I don't like, I don't like a ton of touch. Oh, goodness. So much of this is resonating too. But I know when I did my graph with you or my chart, I have an um, undefined heart. Everything else is defined. Mm-hmm. So you really helped me understand that I am very open to, like I'm very, I can receive people's ego, good and bad. Yeah. Yeah. So you will be absorbed. Like if I was in a low frequency today. And I was feeling very competitive because a low frequency of the ego, because I have a defined will is that, you know, I get competitive. I'm like, well, they can do it. I can do it. Like I got to beat them to the punch. The highest expression of that is I'm doing God's will. And it doesn't matter what anybody else is doing. Let me just stay in my own lane. Let me be the best, the highest version of myself. It's the, it's the level and version of me that's doing 75 hard and that's pushing it, you know, that's creating structures and boundaries. That's the high level of the ego. So depending upon who you're around, yeah, you're going to absorb that and amplify that. So you can be extremely driven, materially successful, you know, competitive with yourself, optimizing or God complex. I mean, yeah, I have my days where I'm like, I'm, I, you know, I've got a God or superiority complex, I'm sure. <laughs> um, but at least I'm aware of it. Yeah. When you're looking at human design, are there two specific designs that suit each other? Is, is there a pairing kind of like the astrology or is no. it just awareness? It's awareness. And so like, I've definitely had people approach me. I've had different shows and magazines and stuff. Ask me this question and know, like, Ideally, you would want to probably have two generators together so the projector isn't getting like overwhelmed with all the energy, but also like the projector needs that life force energy, or, you know, that projector can with awareness benefit from that life force energy and projectors are there to guide generators. So see where there's just no perfect type or any type, you will attract exactly what you think you're missing or what you need to attune your energy to eventually have every single thing that it is that you, the true you wants or desires or is here to do. If you have the awareness, I'm at this point where I'm going to always attract emotionally defined men. So until men are all consciously learning how to process their emotions and emote, this is a dynamic that's not going away anytime soon. So I've got to learn and have what's here for me. Like, what is it teaching me? 
It's teaching mm-hmm. me self-sufficiency. It's teaching me resiliency. It's teaching me to be unbreakable and unshakable, like showing up for myself every day. Mm-hmm. It's helped me develop my masculine. So I'm not constantly seeking like emotions and validations from people. It's taught me how to emotionally center myself, emotionally available to myself. Wow. So there's an opportunity, no matter who you're with, to grow from that experience as toxic as it can possibly get. I truly believe with the right guidance, somebody that's trauma-informed, somebody that has a skill set, somebody that understands all of this, you can grow from the relationship. You don't necessarily have to grow together, but you can definitely create what Todd and I have. Oh, amazing. Do you do that for couples? Do you do some couple coaching? Yeah. And what would you say is the commonality? Is there like a common theme you're seeing? Yeah. Define emotional centers with open emotional centers. I have never met two emotionally open people. I mean, I'm sure they're out there, but there's going to be something else in the design that's bringing them together as well. But yeah, it's almost always emotional, open, emotional, defined or open root with a closed root. Cause that root creates pressure that people are like seeking. Cause that creates that fight or flight adrenaline rush that people think that they need to motivate them to do shit, but it's not. So I do see that. And I see a lot of projecting and I just see a lot of miscommunication simply because people don't know how to state their feelings in a way that is nonviolent. Mm-hmm. And then a way that serves like it is unbelievable to me to talk to a woman. And I have, I only reason I say this is I've been there and to tell her, tell me how you're feeling right now. And she'll say, I feel like nobody ever. I'm like, how are you feeling right now? I feel frustrated. Mm. I feel devalued. That's it. That's all I ask. Like, I don't care what he did. I don't care what he said. You have to be able to at least identify what it is that you're feeling to express it. How does an emotion get out? It cry, you cry, you scream, you hit somebody, you hit something, or you just state it in a way that is like actually expressing the energy. And I just, people have a hard time, especially with open emotional centers, expressing how they're feeling Mm -hmm. because they have been traumatized by other people's feelings their whole life, like other people's emotions and those currencies and those frequencies. Mm -hmm. So they don't want to say something to somebody to trigger them to then feel something and then feel that themselves. Does that make sense? Yeah. It's actually like funny because most of the people that are open emotionally talk about people being narcissist and like emotionally manipulative. And I'm like, (laughs) not saying something. So somebody doesn't feel something is emotionally manipulative. You're still emotionally manipulating somebody like, (laughs) Oh my God. Not speaking your truth. So you don't have to hear their truth or hear something from them is still manipulation. Huh? You just gave me a massive light bulb moment. I never would have considered that. Yeah. It's selfish. It is selfish. My husband and I had a disagreement on the weekend and I said to him, like, sometimes I just want to say anything because I don't want this. Like, I don't want you in a bad mood or upset with me because I can bounce back quickly for something. He doesn't necessarily. I never even would consider that that was manipulative. Maybe he doesn't bounce back from things because he hasn't had enough practice, right? Because not enough people are saying the thing that, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like if enough people are saying it, he's going to eventually be like, well, I'm going to figure this out. But if you keep withholding, then he doesn't know it's about, and it's also about delivery mm-hmm. and it's also about timing and it's also about your state. So this is something we teach in fuckboy reform school. Your feelings are valid mm-hmm. and they should be communicated. There's a time and a place. So 
a girl uh, had been with a guy for 11 years and he forgot the anniversary and she was feeling hurt. And she was like, I'm just feeling hurt. I'm just feeling like, I can't believe he forgot. He either forgot or he just doesn't care. I need to express that I'm hurt. And we were like, absolutely. Yeah. That would hurt me too. You need to absolutely express yourself, but I need you to regulate (laughs) because right now you're in fight and you are in like a trauma response and you're not even considering the 10 years that he didn't forget and what he does on a daily basis for you. And it's 20 fucking 20. Like, it's like, give him a break. It's 2020. You know, <laughs> we don't know where his head's at at this point. Yeah. He's probably stressed out too. I said, so well, Megan and I like wait until you are regulated and you can communicate to him. I'm feeling curious. Did you forget that our anniversary is tomorrow? Mm. And he's going to say yes or no. And he, he's going to say, yes, I did. And then maybe something else you can say, I, I was feeling hurt and I understand that you may have just forgotten. So why, what do you think? What can you just tell me what's going on for you? And for him, he was just like, I did completely forget. Oh my God, what can I do? Can we do something right. tomorrow? I just want to show you, I love you. Um, but what would most people do in that situation? Think about that. What would a woman do? She would be extremely passive aggressive, probably yeah. not say anything to him, mm-hmm. um, drop clues. When he did eventually remember, she would just, you know, do you know what I mean? Like, how would you naturally, if you are hurt, you're not going to say something like he should just figure it out. Yeah. And then you would hold on to that grudge and then it builds and it builds and it layers and it layers. And then you explode one day and they don't even know what hit them. And it was only ever you not expressing how you felt Mm. like that could have been resolved in that moment. But you, a lot of women are afraid of rejection. Like what if he did say, yeah, I just didn't think it was a big deal. Right. She was afraid of that. Right. Is avoiding, but also like attacking at the same time. It's just, it just depends on what your fears on your, your nervousness is around it. But just saying, I, I'm feeling curious or I feel your feelings are valid and you need to be confident and certain in saying that you don't need to explain them. You just say, I'm feeling excited right now. Or sometimes with a guy, I can just be like, I'm feeling uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. And he'll say why. And I'll be like, I just, I feel nervous. That's vulnerability. And that's, there's nothing more attractive to a man. Right. I'm feeling nervous. I, I, I feel nervous when I'm with you. Yeah. And then yeah. they can be like, why? And you can be like, I don't know, you know, like and discuss it. And a lot of women try and like figure out the solution for men. So mm-hmm. saying, I feel hurt when you do this, you should do this differently. What about I feel hurt? Let him effort and come to you and be like, and figure out the solution and be like, what can I do? <sighs> I'm just learning so much because I I would be that person like this hurt my feelings and next time could you do it this way or next time could you pay better attention I would give a solution yeah and that's okay but it's still efforting and still masculine yes let him fix it let him fix it oh I feel like you're saving marriages and relationships right now I'm curious though how you regulate so I'm thinking about myself in the moment I'm hurt I'm sad I'm feeling vulnerable how do I regulate in that moment? I breathe. Sometimes I'll just say like, I'm feeling overwhelmed right now. I need to walk away. I'm feeling overwhelmed. Like my heart is racing. I'm feeling angry. Mm. I'm going to walk away and then I'll go sigh or I'll go scream into a pillow. Um, if I'm with a client or even especially with my kids, I'll just be like, Hey mom, I'm feeling, do you mind if I just stop for a second? I'm feeling overwhelmed. And then I'll just go, uh, you know, I'll do it. Mm-hmm. 
And lo and behold, a few days later, when one of those little nuggets is feeling stressed out, you'll hear a sigh come from the other room. That's regulating. And that's how you teach co-regulating. And this is for men as well. Like women are the emotional leaders in a, in a relationship. Mm. Emotional guides. You don't have to lead anything. You just need a guide and just be an example, an emotional model. And so, yeah, for me, it's sighing, it's screaming. It, sometimes I'll wake up really anxious and I'll just scream into a pillow because maybe my dream was really anxiety inducing. Um, punching with like these versions, like these parts of your arm into a pillow. There's so many different things. Like I said, a big, deep sigh, three deep breaths. Something else I do to be proactive about regulation is like cold showers, because a lot of the reason that we're in fight or flight is because our body is trying to stay comfortable. So I put my body in discomfort actively and proactively, and it kind of stretches and works with my nervous system. So then like when I am, I'm not avoiding discomfort. And when I am uncomfortable, my body doesn't freak out. Right. But it's used to it at this point. Like it's stretching it. Depending upon if you have an open root or a closed root, I recommend a different type of routine, workout routine every morning. I just think showing up for yourself every day, doing two or three things for yourself every day, every single day, depending upon your design, regulates your nervous system. You're not looking for other people to create security within you. Right. What do you say to a woman who's in this relationship codependent? It's not going well. She's not fulfilled, but yet she's not taking responsibility to do things for herself because there's guilt. And if I do this for myself, you know, I feel badly. I'm taking time away from my kids. What's your advice to her? I just ask her if, you know, this is a zero sum game. And why does it have to be? Where did you learn that? Who do you get to be if this is a zero sum game? Who do you not get to be if this is a zero sum game? And I mean, ultimately, like they believe it's scarcity. Yeah. It's lack. And it's like, if I spend my time over here, if I spend time with my business and I take from my children, we don't ever consider that if we spend time on our business, that our children receive more or they receive quality us. I mean, ultimately, especially with moms, it's that our children do not listen to who we tell them to become and like who we tell them to be, they become who we are because of our open centers. So like, if you're not regulated and taking care of yourself and operating from at your defined highest good, what are they absorbing? They're absorbing your lowest frequencies. And then they're reflecting it back to you. I told Todd that a long time ago. I said, the minute I started focusing on myself and taking care of myself and putting my health, wealth and stuff ahead of me, you know, maybe I'm gone for six hours a day, but the four hours I spend with them at night, I am like the best mom. Their behavior shifted completely because kids are only ever reacting to you. Yeah. So that's what I would tell them is like, if the most loving thing you can do for yourself, but especially for your family, because lo- when mothers love to be martyrs, if you want to save your family and help your family, you have to focus on you. There's literally nothing else to do. I believe that like wholeheartedly and respond to you too. We are so powerful. We are, we are. So powerful. We are just this past weekend. I went away for a night and got myself a beautiful hotel room and went out for dinner. And my husband did not say, I can't believe you're going away. You get a break. I don't. He was really happy for me. It's that, but you tell yourself that they're going to say that yes. as a way to keep yourself from doing the thing for yourself. It's a lie. And even if he did say that, it's because he's, that's been the story for so long. You know what I mean? That he, he's like, who is she? And then that's, a, that's just his trauma response to something shifting in the frequency, mm. the dynamic. Yeah. My breath coach was even saying it could also mean that if it irritates him that you're going away, it's the very thing he's craving is a little break himself and reprieve and you're mm-hmm. reflecting to him. And his body also could just be like, it's different. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's different things yeah. are changing. 
Yeah. And I was so grateful for that response. I was so grateful just for the blessing of like, have a good time and just giving me that space to do that. It felt so good. We work hard on that though. So you're in this space now of, you know, are you actively looking for a partner or is it just whatever happens? No, um, no. And that's like not a very manifesting generator way to do it anyway. You know, I'm very intentional. I am very clear about what I want in a relationship, like a dynamic. I I don't say very, I'm pretty clear. It changes every once in a while, but I thought I wanted a relationship and I was really actively out there. I realized when I was in Austin and I was really enjoying the company of like multiple men that I was like, "Mm, I'm just not there yet. I really just want to focus on my business and my children and my legacy. And like, I'm still really solidifying my inner masculine. And I know that whoever I, I want to attract the highest and I I don't want to lose myself again. Mm -hmm. So I just, there's a little bit more affirming in that I need to do for myself. And just honestly, I haven't met anybody whose behavior makes me want to like hang out with them more than I want to hang out with myself. (laughs) Like I would honestly rather just sit at home and listen to a podcast or create something or read something or do my hair or create content or hang out with my kids then go be uncomfortable with somebody that, or just go spend time with somebody that maybe hasn't treated me or valued me in the way that I think that I need to be valued. Amazing. Free. That's what comes to mind, like ultimate freedom, because you're not seeking somebody to fill a void, a gap, anything in you, you are whole. And now it's just looking for someone who compliments. Is that the right term? Like compliments compliments, a hundred percent a compliment. It's like bringing two whole people entities together that creates a third entity. You know, my relationship will reflect my inner relationship, like my, my masculine, my feminine how comfortable my feminine feels with my masculine like structure and holding will be how I feel in my relationship with somebody else. And so I just want to solidify that. Yeah. I just don't ever want to lose myself again because that, that has been the story is completely losing myself and other people. And like I said, I, I really enjoy the men that I have in my life and I'm not really willing to give up time with them to go all in on somebody. I haven't met that person yet. Curiosity. I hope you don't mind me asking. Do the men know that there's multiple men in your life? Yeah. No. Yeah, they do. They do. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I would assume, I would hope that they understand that if we're not exclusively dating and they're not offering any level of commitment or consistency, that I am absolutely spending my time and energy other places. I would hope. I'm assuming. Yeah. A lot of them, I've never just sat down and said, "So what are we?" Because it's just it's it's unsaid. Yeah. It's just me living vicariously through you. (laughs) I mean, yeah, they know they don't ask who the other men are and I don't have those conversations and we don't ever talk about them, but I think it's assumed. Yeah. I don't think they think that I'm sitting at home twiddling my thumbs, waiting for them to text me every two weeks. Mm -hmm. Okay. I love this. (laughs) It sounds fun. (laughs) You know, (laughs) it's probably a little girlish and it's probably a little emotionally detached, but that's what I want right now with my open emotional center. I do want to be detached emotionally. I want to regulate myself to the point where I can be with a man that maybe is defined because Lord knows I will be, and I won't be swept away in his waves. Oh, so good. So assured. Like it just reminds me of someone entering a relationship with such assurance that there's nowhere to go, but up because he's not filling anything in you. What a lucky guy you're, I mean, when I meet him, you know, I'll send him this interview. Please uh, do. I'll, 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 I'll let him know. A lot of them, they meet you, me, and they don't know what they can offer somebody that is, 
you know, emotionally not needing them, but also needs them. You know what I mean? Like needs them, but doesn't need them and doesn't necessarily need them monetarily. Doesn't necessarily need them. Doesn't need them for sperm. Doesn't, you know, they're like, what do I have to offer? It's like, what do you have to offer brother? I'm going to need you to figure that out. That's your work. Like that's what life is about, sir. Like you're supposed to know what your purpose is in this world. You're supposed to know what your value is. So like, no, I don't know. And I'm definitely going to require that of you because I require nothing from you. Wow. And that would be so unique and different for a guy out there. You are not the norm and I'm sure it's very intimidating. Do you feel like you intimidate them? I feel like they feel intimidated. I don't feel like I'm intimidated. Oh, that's good. (laughs) So good. I'm only intimidating again to somebody that hasn't experienced that energy before, that hasn't experienced that certainty, that's used to codependency, that's used to being like the bad guy. And I'm showing up and being like, you're perfect just how you are. You want to talk every two weeks? Perfect. Because I don't need anything else right now. Maybe someday I will. You won't be that guy. Or maybe you will. Maybe at this point you've grown and you're ready to like, have more consistency in your life or to give more or whatever, a lead fucking lead right. a relationship. Maybe you're ready to lead, but right now, you know, you're ready to be led. That's fine. So yeah, I do feel like I'm intimidating, but only to men that are available to be intimidated. <laughs> so good, but it's so good Paige. And thanks for catching me on that because it's so interesting how we do say things and not even with thinking them clearly. Right. Yeah. You're right. You get, you're intimidating them through their, I guess, is it their openness? I think that sometimes we just go back to words because that's all we have. But I think energetically it's, they just haven't experienced that energy before. Yeah. And they're a little bit like, whoa, what the f- is this? And <laughs> how do I, you know, and that's okay. Uh, some men are willing to figure it out. Right. And do the work because they see how this energy can not push them or even like inspire them, but it just kind of sets It is a standard. You know what I mean? Like I take care of myself and I am regulated and I perform at a high level. Yeah. I need the people around me to be doing that as well, but that's up to them if that's where they're at in their life. But I know that like, I see the potential in men and I am not really going to accept anything other than that. And I don't think that ultimately men want to be with a woman that just accepts them. Like I think when men meet a woman and I think when men know that they're not being the best version of themselves, they're not being the highest version of themselves. They're not, they're not really, they're phoning it in and they meet a woman that accepts that they feel comfortable. They're like, okay, yeah, I'll date her. Like maybe I'll even marry her, but they know that she has no self-respect because who would be with that version of him? Somebody that didn't respect themselves. So they don't respect her. Ultimately they respect me because I wouldn't. It's multi-layered. And I think a lot of people right now are just having massive light bulb moments. You'd have to listening to your words and your wisdom, you would have to. And it's almost like you're declaring this, this knowing this higher standard of ourselves. And I think oftentimes in life, what we're doing is looking for other people to raise their standards for us. Yeah. I don't come to anybody and say, you need to be better for me, or you're not doing enough. I just am the highest and best version of myself. And I personally couldn't be with somebody that wasn't because the exchange would be unfair. I'd always have to be lowering my frequency to meet them or not have the conversation I want to have because they're not capable of having that conversation. And then I'm not the highest version of myself. And if I'm not who I am, they don't actually ultimately get to be who they are. I'm trying to make them into something so I can uphold a version of myself that isn't even who I am. (sighs) So like nobody, nobody nobody wins by me not being a hundred percent myself. Mm -hmm. Nobody. 
can you become that in a current relationship? So I talked to so many couples where the woman or the man are up leveling. The other one isn't quite there yet or ready. Can one truly become themselves and really still foster a beautiful relationship? Yes. And you have to be okay with the structure changing and you have to be okay with having no timeline and you have to be okay with it not looking how you expect it to look. The exact example of that is Todd. It is my ex-husband and we're still in relationship. It just looks different. It's still loving. It just looks different because I grew and chose to focus on myself and he did. He just didn't do it on my timeline. No, you can definitely do that, but you have to not make anything about what that person is doing. Everything that person does needs to be a placeholder for awareness for you to, Oh, I need to regulate. Oh, what, you know, how can, like, how can I help this shift my perspective? Like it cannot be about making that person be something other than what they are currently. You have to be able to accept them for who they are right now, not tolerate them. Like, can you accept them where they're at right now? as you are right now. And if that's the case, then you just focus on yourself. Everything they do, if you start feeling a certain way, you're sad. Well, you were sad. And then he did that thing. I promise you. That's how frequencies work. Like Steve did this thing. And then I got sad. It was, I was sad. And then Steve did this thing because my mind found the thing to affirm the feeling mm-hmm. and to perpetuate it. It's not, I thought of this movie and then I got sad. It's that I was sad. And then I thought of this movie. And so when you start thinking about life from that perspective, something that they do or say that's really low frequency or nasty, it's like, I already maybe a little sad or what am I looking to like get a, maybe I was a little too happy. Maybe I was a little too excited. And I really need that drop. So I could have my emotional roller coaster again, bringing it back to you, complete self-centeredness. Oh, and so much responsibility in that. Like, I think that's what I'm craving too. Like it's total radical responsibility. And majority are not taking responsibility of themselves. It's all the outside's fault. Absolutely. Because it's comfortable. Yeah. Absolutely comfortable for it to be somebody. And then that's our way we hide out from our power. Personal responsibility is powerful because you're responsible for every part. Like you, if you're taking responsibility for the bad things, you also have to take responsibility for the good things. Right. A lot of people don't do that either. Like if you're going to take responsibility for a client's like non-results, then you need to take responsibility for their, for the results. Or you could just say that client is responsible for their non-results and they're also responsible for their results. And I was just there playing my role. Facilitating that and just being a part of that. That's all I, that's all I do. So amazing. Okay. So tell me a little bit about the fuck boy reform. Tell me what this is. And I'm, I'm curious. It goes back to the human design thing. So I had a dating coach because I came out of a marriage and I had no idea what I was doing. I came, I started dating when I was 23 and I was 30, almost 31. When I started dating, it was a very different place. Yeah. There were no dating apps. Right. So I just noticed that like, I thought that after I got rid of Todd, that like, obviously it was him. And so I would just be a catch relationships would just fall into my lap and they'd be perfect. And that was not it. I just found that I was repeating patterns over and over and over and over and over again Mm -hmm. because of my open emotional center. I now know. So I hired Megan. She was great. She taught me femininity and I had never been taught femininity before at all. My my mom is extremely masculine. My dad was feminine. So it just like the dynamic was very very different. And so I had to rectify that dynamic. So she helped me with just tapping into the femininity. And so I thought after all of these relationships, but especially a one with a particular man that has gone on since probably it's been off and on in and out 
since I was like 18. I mean, with long periods of time, like marriages and things, you know, but always in the back of my head, because he gave me these emotional highs and lows, this feeling of not being good enough. I was just this, this, and this. I bet if I look like that, then he would. I mean, just no matter what, just really understanding that that dynamic was there to bring back to myself, to be that for myself. Right. And so through wanting to punch him in the face, but also realizing that he's the best teacher I've ever had in my entire life and loving him for that deeply, we created a reform school. So realizing that it was actually a human design physiology issue, but also a cultural issue where we're not taught to be feminine. And so that's what we teach. So it's not a reform school for men. It's a reform school for women, because I have found that when women get their shit together and they stop being the man and they stop obsessing and fawning and being traumatized and reacting from that reacting that these men, either they go away or they get it together. And then you stop labeling them boys. That was kind of the whole point is like, they're not boys and they're not emotionally unavailable. You're unavailable for their emotions. He says hi. And then you're like, because you're obsessive and you're like just hyper vigilant and aware, he says hi. And you're like, hi, that's all I get. He didn't even have to answer you. He doesn't answer you. He just left me on red. It's like, he's telling you, hi, that was his emotional expression. Or you're like, how are you doing? And he's like, good. That's it. You're just good. It's like, you're not even being available for his emotions. He's telling you he's good. Like, it's not what you wanted to hear. And it's not as much as you thought it needed to be. So now he's wrong. And then just feeling entitled to men's time. You know, like if you send a text and he doesn't answer immediately, he leaves you on red for a few hours. It's like, he's a sovereign adult that has a life outside of you. And he, you are not entitled to his time, especially if you're not in a relationship with him, a committed relationship with him, he owes you nothing and you owe him nothing. And that's the most important thing is that you think that you owe him your loyalty and your time and your love. You don't, you owe that man nothing. So that's what we're teaching in there is like women are just completely overgiving because they're trying to manipulate these men. These men will say up front that they don't want a relationship and then they'll sleep with them anyway. The men and the women will sleep together and then the women get upset because they feel like they're being led on. It's like, nope, he said that he does not want a relationship. And then you thought if you slept with him that you could change him. So who's a manipulative one? Mm. And then what Gabby and I always talk about this a lot. Like they just objectify us. You're <laughs> telling me that you don't just, you're that you, you're not just looking for a, a man in a boyfriend suit and a man in a husband suit. Is that what you're telling me? That you're actually being consciously and intentionally choosing of these men when they sit down with you? Or are you just taking the first man that will offer you commitment because you're trying to fill your boyfriend suit? Paige, this is That's objectifying. It's the same thing. That's what I mean when I say like we're mirrors all day long. Like if you feel objectified, you're probably objectifying. If you feel like they're emotionally unavailable, you're probably being emotionally unavailable. And that's what I learned through this man was literally everything that he was doing that I couldn't stand. I was doing at some level and that I could never just make him the bad guy ever, unfortunately. And what is the reaction? What are the reaction of the women? Are they like me going like, I'm literally salivating. Okay. So (laughs) So good. Are they like that? Or do they get their backs up? Is their ego involved? Like, no, I'm not. Not so far. Not Not so so far. far. I feel like we're just kind of the last stop, you know, like I feel like they've tried everything hanging out with me, following me on TikTok, Instagram, you're going to feel attacked. Like, and I'm not personally attacking you. I'm just, I'm literally just telling you what's going on. I'm giving you the truth. I'm shattering them. That's it. So yeah, they feel attacked, but they're ready to take personal responsibility. But I mean, if I give this advice on TikTok where there's no, like they didn't pay and say yes to this, there's definitely been women that refuse to take responsibility and all men suck and it's the man's fault and men are trash. Like no wonder they don't want to be in relationships. Like who wants to be in a relationship with somebody that hates them low key. Right. So so it's, the work is for you to love you 
Because when you somebody genuinely, truly loves themselves and shows themselves self-love every day, it's almost impossible to hate another human being. Oh, it's so true. Like, I just don't hate anybody. I don't have it in me. I don't hate anybody. I thought about this the other day. I'm like, I don't hate anybody. Like, I just don't. I don't care what you've done to me and what you could possibly do to me. You could take one of my dearest people from me. And I just don't think that I could hate you. I could be very angry. Mm-hmm. Like, extremely angry. I could want to kill you, but I couldn't hate you because I love mm. too much. You're a beautiful soul, Paige. Thank you. And deep and thoughtful and generous. You're a pretty spectacular human being. So yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. true. Like this is just, it's, I'm, I'm feel like you're being my teacher and a facilitator to me right now. There's so much reflection on me and how I can become more whole. Mm-hmm. Just all these little things are dropping in my mind. And I'm sure everybody listening right now, you're almost like you go through a documentary of certain whether the circumstances or arguments or moments where you judged and you thought you were being judged, but it was really all dependent on me. I can only speak to this and speak to this so powerfully because I've done it and I've been there. Like I'm not speaking at you. I'm literally modeling and expressing two things that I have. I was queen manipulator. I was the worst girl, like completely emotionally unavailable, the biggest victim on the planet, the biggest. I mean, it was never, my dad used to always say that growing up, like you take responsibility. Like everything was everybody else's fault. And you used to always say that too. So now for me to be living as this version of myself, it took a lot of work. And so I don't want anybody to think I'm preaching. I'm just expressing that this is a very free way of living. And I've gotten here through asking myself those really hard questions and accepting responsibility for things fully and a hundred percent. And it's, I'm not perfect in it. I have my days, my moments where I text people and I'm like, he's, a, you know, mm-hmm. I hate him, you know, but I have that moment and then I'm over it. Right. So thank you so much for that reflection. And again, like, please be kind to yourself. Every single thing that I've talked about, the ways that you're behaving, the reacting, the manipulating are all biologically and biochemically correct reactions to trauma and ways to keep yourself safe and alive. So you're not doing anything wrong. You're perfect and you're a good person. But now that you have the awareness, you can choose different and you can't really change unless you're regulated. So go back to listen to the things that I do throughout the day, like the cold showers and the breathing, do those and then try and implement some of the things that we've talked about. Yeah. So where could they find you? What, it, where, where would you like them to go to seek out your advice? And right now I would go to Instagram if you want to just, you know, reach out, but we have a community. It's called undefined the community it's on Facebook. Mm-hmm. And this is where I do a lot of, I do lives in there. We talk a lot about human design, this dynamics, it's a magazine also. So we're restarting the magazine again, um, mm-hmm. getting it up and going for January. And we just make human design really practical there and it's only $7 to join. So beautiful. And someone new to human design, should they go there to start seeking out their chart and all those types of things? Undefinedthemag.com and then click get your free chart. Or you can go to my Instagram. When you click the link tree, it'll be like, get your free chart. Perfect. Perfect. And I'm going to challenge everybody to do that today. You've listened to this. You've been inspired. This is no way anybody wouldn't have major takeaways from what you just spoke about. So go and seek this out. Don't take this information. Something with podcasts and learnings is you can listen and be like, oh, that was so inspiring. And then you go back to doing the things you've always done. I would challenge people to stop right now and get their chart and seek this out. Absolutely. And again, like people don't implement the information simply because they're not like regulated and relaxed and ready to do that. So again, just do everything you need to do to keep get your body in a place where you can even receive the information. Mm, perfect advice. So I end every podcast with this question. I can't wait for your answer. Actually. <laughs> so how is Paige going to be iconic today? Paige is iconic every day. Oh yes. Nobody's ever said that. I don't yes. even know how to not be iconic. 
I'm going to be myself, like fully express and fully myself. Yes, that's the best answer to date. (laughs) It's always been like not enough. And I do agree. We have things to work on to always, you know, stretch our, how we are showing up as iconic. But I love that you just said I am. I'm me. That is the best. Anything else to do? Oh, thank you for that permission. I just hope women see this, receive this, and like throw their shoulders back after this podcast because you gave them the permission to do so and your example and also your wisdom. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for being here. I hope you know how deeply grateful I am for the time and space you give to the Becoming Iconic podcast. It is an honor and a privilege to show up here twice a week and pour into you. And thank you for those five-star reviews that you've been giving and those beautiful compliments. It means so much. And the time you spend to do that is just the most beautiful way to give back. The other thing I want to challenge us to as a community is to share more. It's so simple to copy this link into a text to a friend who you think would benefit from what you just listened to or share it into your stories. Make sure to tag me, by the way, because I love resharing and allowing your network to maybe discover something that they wouldn't have if it weren't for you. And just a gentle reminder that jenspiegel.com, that website was designed for you, for you in mind and what you need in your life and business, the blog, the resources, the different ways of working together. They all sit there and they're available to you. So I challenge you to go over there and make it a habit of checking out what's new and exciting. At the end of the day, I just want you to know, I love this community. I appreciate being able to show up for you and I just want you to make it a great day.